Tenekoto, Namai, Hairamai. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne. Thanks so much for joining me today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. Sit back, relax, let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. Hello everyone from my beautiful homeland of New Zealand to the over 85 countries who listen to my podcast, Walking the Shadowlands. If this is your first time with us, thank you for choosing to listen. If you're a regular listener, then it's great to have you back with us. It's a bit of a special episode in more ways than one today. It's our 100th episode of the Walking the Shadowlands podcast this 25th of January or 24th if you live in the Northern Hemisphere. 2022. I didn't even imagine when I first started the creation of this program, with much thanks to the members of my Walk in the Shadowlands group who suggested and encouraged me to begin this podcast, that we would even have a dozen episodes. So it's a milestone that I'm very happy to share with everyone. After all, I still wouldn't be creating this podcast that I absolutely love doing had it not been for all of you, my listeners and followers of this podcast. I especially want to acknowledge here my wonderful patrons, small in number, but they've pretty much been with me from the beginning, apart from one of them, and I really love and appreciate them all. So thank you to Duncan, Helen, Kelly, Kylie, Michelle, Mish, Vicky, and last but not least, Susan. Today's episode is a radical departure from the type of episode that I normally would release to the public, but it's not such a stretch from me talking about both my UFO encounters and those of some of my guests. In this episode, we're taking the red pole and looking past what is presented as general knowledge with that little teaser. Are you willing to walk with me into the Shadowlands and see how deep this rabbit hole of a subject goes? Then let's begin. This is the first time in nine seasons that I've ever had a guest like this on my program. We're going to delve into an area of the greater UFO government-related field that's been brought to the public's attention for a few years now. But mostly, those who have shed the information have been ridiculed, mocked and laughed at. Of course, some of them are absolutely disinformation with a little bit of truth thrown in. So people will resonate with the truth and not really question the untruths or misinformation. 
but some, like my guest, are generally simply sharing their knowing. And as an experiencer myself, I can validate much of the information that my guest will share with us. This from my own personal knowing and from what my beloved star people have taught me over the course of my longish lifetime. My guest today is being kept anonymous and have altered their voice so they're not easily recognisable. This is because of the nature of this topic and the need to preserve their identity. Now, fair warning. For some of you, what is going to be presented in this episode, to some, will seem like absolute science fiction at best, or the raving delusions of someone with a hero complex, or to some... What this person has to share with us will resonate and to others may actually be a trigger, especially if they are sleeping or perhaps having breakthrough memories in one or other or several of the areas we'll cover in our conversation. What I'm asking of you all who may be listening to this episode is that you keep an open mind as our conversation develops. I'm reminded of that famous quote from Shakespeare's play, Hamlet. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am really grateful for you doing this again. I will say to my listeners, we actually talked yesterday. We had a wonderful conversation for close to two hours, or actually a little bit more than two hours. And And then when we finished, nothing recorded, nothing, even though the recording was turned on. And I was absolutely gutted, both for Luca and for myself, because it was a a really raw, amazing conversation. So Luca kindly agreed to try again today. We have the recording going, and I can see it recording on my screen. So fingers crossed it works this time. Luca, I I really appreciate you coming back and doing this again. And I appreciate your willingness to uh, go back and again talk about things that are very emotional and sensitive to you. I'm so very grateful for that. And I will try and be as considerate as I can with my questions around the sensitive subjects. So first of all, Luca, can you give us a little bit about your background, your childhood, where you came from, your do you have siblings, that sort of thing. Just so my listeners have a little bit of an idea of who you are. Absolutely. Um, I grew up kind of in the Midwest of the United States, so kind of in the Corn Belt, kind of Tornado Alley area. Um, I had uh, an older brother, a younger brother. Nothing absolutely special in them, just kind of that nuclear-type family. We had nothing really going on. It was middle of nowhere. All you really had was 
cows and corn. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the middle of November. Sounds lovely, actually. Uh, And New Zealand's not quite as big as the States is. And I remember when I lived in the States for some time, I was shocked at how vast it is because, you know, to go out to the country here in New Zealand, you don't have to go very far because it's only small. But, yeah, for you to be out in the country, you had to have been really way out there. So there was nothing significant about your childhood that you recall. No. And then uh, you were, what, in your 20s and you suddenly started having memories. In 2016, it would have been June or July of 2016, it was the very first time I had a very unusual dream. Uh, in the process of it, I woke up with bruises. I woke up with bleeding. Uh, when the dream had uh, went through, uh, I was actually taken by greys. Uh, there were a couple of the short greys, and there were three tall greys. And it was a really scary experience. One that was at my head actually kind of felt like a female. She kept kind of telling me everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be okay. But I kind of had a feeling I knew what was going on. It felt almost as if I had kind of been there before. Um, But the one to the right of me was actually standing next to some medical supplies. They were kind of doing some different types of tests. And then he had taken his fingers and had inserted them into me and they had left the room. And when they had left the room, they had brought a hybrid in. And he looked very human. Um, He had very human. The only thing that I could say was he actually had these eyes that didn't look human. They were just this vibrant blue and when you looked into him there's just something that seemed almost predatory towards him he didn't feel like a nice guy at all uh and one of the biggest things that he had actually stated to me was i missed you and it scared me because it told me that i had been there before and things had happened afterwards within that process and I woke up with the bruises and the blood and it, ever since then things just kind of spiraled out of control and everything just kind of started crashing in and that's when memories started coming back that's when everything started coming back so 2016 was my start of my journey the start of your conscious journey yes <laughs> Yeah, right. So that must have been incredibly traumatic for you as an abductee, as an experiencer. Well, actually as an abductee because you your experiences generally go willingly and you never got you never went willingly. So abductee is the correct term for you. But there's more to it than that. And and in your memories that you had came come back with this blue-eyed hybrid and I recall yesterday saying that you saying that he had a dimple you recall the dimple in the middle of his chin and that he was very predatory feeling and not a pleasant 
being and obviously what he did to you was not pleasant either. And this may trigger, for my listeners, I'm aware that this may trigger some of you who are going through similar experiences that you may or may not consciously recall at this point in time. I'm very aware of this, so I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can about this. This is a very traumatic subject. So... Luca had these experiences, woke up with this hybrid, woke up back in their bed with bruises, bleeding, and other physical effects from this encounter. And from there, Luca, you came to the realisation that you are actually a part of a programme that many, many abductees are used for and that is a hybridization program you're used to the terms that and forgive me for using this term I know this is the term that they use but it's very emotive uh, needless to say that you were used as a breeder Correct. and it was on numerous occasions and you are very aware that you have children I have four children through the process. Um, one of them is a teenager already, so it's been a while. I have Zika, Ranga, Delivion, and Kalishian. And I haven't met the twins, which are the two youngest ones that I had named. I had met the two older ones at one point in time, but their father had taken them for what he would say protection. You're not the first person who's been part of this program who's seen their children and and sometimes has been allowed to hold them briefly, but then they're taken off them. And it's heartbreaking to me as a mum uh, to hear this for for you all. It's and I, and I know that even though you've worked through this, it still hits. And how could it not? How could it not? Uh, it does. So, and the, and the reason I brought this up is because it's relevant to the rest of your story. So let's move on from there because I think that it's enough to know that that this was initially where you were, but it's not the only aspect of your story. It's just a part of your story, a very painful and significant part but just the beginning part, really. So from now, oh, let's go and let's actually sidetrack a little bit off that. Now, this breeder program is also involved with some US government programs. I know of the MK Ultra, is it still called MK Ultra these days? Uh, as far as I know, it's actually called the Monarch Programming right now. Monarch. Right, that's right. I knew there was another name for it. So that's involved with this as well. Now, one thing, listeners, that I've said a number of times on this program over the years is that the US government made an agreement with a specific star species in return for being able, well, they could have taken people anyway, but in, in exchange for information, for technology, 
for stuff like that. And so the factions of the US and not only the US, other militaries in the world are involved with these ETs, working with them quite closely. So one of these offshoots is the Monarch Program. And now some of you may have not heard about the Monarch Program. It's a mind, it's a program where children are taken they are put in horrendous, horrendous situations that cause their minds to fracture. And so, and their minds compartmentalize so they can be controlled. There's a movie out called The Manchurian Candidate, which, which covers this quite well. So, if you haven't seen it, listeners, go and have a look at it. It covers mind control and the person who is a subject of this generally is not aware that they are a part of this because their mind is so compartmentalized that they don't know and they usually have somebody who's a handler who keeps an eye on them and who gives them their tasks whatever it is that they have to do now that that is not science fiction that program that is very real and it's been going on for decades i believe it was started by the germans during the world war is that correct um mk ultra they did have a little bit of that uh it obviously wasn't called that during uh nazi germany but uh in america it actually started in the 1950s um, it was when we started out in CIA program. Right, right. But it was a follow-on from research that had been done during the war. Correct. Correct, right. And that was with German scientists who they allowed to escape the trials uh, in order to work for the U.S. government. Correct. The world governments. It's it's a pretty convoluted rabbit hole we're going down today, everybody. But it it's actually it's not conspiracy. It's actually very real, and there are many many brave people who have spoken out about their involvement in the Monarch program. I can think of two offhand. I can't think of their names specifically. Both women, both very very brave. Uh, coming out, I think they came out maybe in the 80s, started talking about their experiences. Yes. Uh, so it, it's quite horrific. So the U, US and world higher world governments are complicit in this whole thing that we're going to talk about today. So, so there you were, you were in this program and likely had been as a child subjected to that sort of thing as well right right that's horrific and then so you have this meeting with this hybrid you uh, are part of this breeding program but that's not all that's only part of how you have been used and there's no other term for it in your lifetime now, I've spoken many times on this, well, a few times on this podcast and in different episodes about how, and certainly in my Facebook group, about how star people are able to take a person's soul 
the essence out of the body. These physical bodies that we use are only vessels like cars that we use to drive from place to place. They're not who we are. Our soul is what animates this body and technology is available for star people to remove a person's consciousness, their soul from a physical body and to actually split it and place it in different bodies. So you can have the one consciousness in more than one body. Uh, and this is something that I've been aware of my entire life. This is not something that I've read. And certainly it's something that Luca has had, had happened. And some could say that it's part of the, the monic programming. But let's listen to Luca as she talks about this a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to give you all a little bit of heads up about this. So you had a bit of understanding. So in my process of discovering everything since 2016, I actually learned that I had at least fully two different altars, um, possibly more than that. Uh, I had Maria that was the breeder within the breeder program, and they had actually created Luca for a super soldier program within a faction called Sector 24. He actually started within MK Ultra. That's where the fracture had actually started, uh, which most of them usually kind of start within that time frame anyways, in some sort of an MK Ultra monarch programming. And from there, he had actually become a super soldier within this facility and had gone on to do many different missions that were beyond what a lot of people would be aware of. We're doing battles in so many different, on different planets, space, different dimensions. It, we're everywhere. And this isn't just a couple of people. These are thousands of people. Right. Can we just backtrack a bit, Luca? Mm -hmm. Now, so the super soldier program is something that's just that some people have just started speaking out about maybe in the last five years. Is it about five years or something like that? There have been numerous, well, a few people that have come forward and said, I was a part of this program. Mostly they are male that have come forward and said it, but it's not only males that are a part and, and it doesn't matter what your what sex you are it's your soul that matters it doesn't matter what sexual soul is you're put into that body and that's what you operate now can you explain what the secret space program is please Luca because there's people who will not have heard of it absolutely so the secret space program actually for it started in the 1940s. It actually started in Nazi Germany, right? During the war, they had actually been working with extraterrestrial technology. They were reversing it. And we they actually had a facility in Antarctica. So nearing the end of the war, once they realized that they were losing, they started going off to Antarctica, some of them were going off to South America, which we actually have information about. And from there, they had actually started the secret space program, but the United States didn't really actually get into it until about the 1950s. It all kind of started with us in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico. 
um, that they were sort of reverse technology on um, the clock that had uh, was taken down and ended up, we started talking with some extraterrestrials that have been, uh, I'm not for certain if they were summoned to the area, if they actually were part of this original Roswell mission, whatever it could have been. But we basically stated the whole treaty basically went on as, you know, if we do, if we allow you to do abductions, can we have this reverse technology? And that's basically how this treaty had gone on. And a lot of this information actually didn't start coming out until about 2002 when Gary McKinnon had actually hacked into NASA files and he discovered Solar Warden, which is actually the American SSP. Right. And of course, just recently, just in the past couple of years, last year maybe, I can't even remember where it was, the US announced that they were starting a space program. So they're really just legitimizing what's been there pretty much since the since the war. And it's to me it's pretty horrific. Like I've always known through my own star people that your government had made this agreement with these beings. And I was horrified. I was horrified that they would for greed, basically, for greed and technology, they sacrifice their own people. Absolutely. Not only their own people, other people throughout the world. And so the the in within this secret space program, they have these what are called super soldiers, which is what Luca is. Correct. Now, Luca, can you explain a little bit, please, about super soldiers, how they come about, what they are, and then maybe tell us what your role is in your squadron. Um, there are a couple different ways that you can actually get super soldiers. One of the very first ones is actually considered the black goo. Now you can get this through different methods. Most of the time it's found within rocks and you heat it. And this is where you get it. And it's actually a symbiotic type of form. It's kind of like maybe like nanobots, I guess is a really good way to describe it. And then once it's within your body, it actually controls your entire system. You don't really have a thought of your own because this is actually controlling you. Uh, it can actually uh, advance your IQ. Uh, your uh, It really clears your mind out. Uh, Reflexes are outstanding. It does so many different things for you, but within this one, you're not actually really yourself. You're just being controlled. You're a host for a parasite is basically the best way to really describe this one. Uh, right. Lucas was a little different. He actually had a type of serum that was created from working with this black goo for a long period of time that they are actually able to control their own bodies. Um, it does most of the same thing as the black goo does. You know, there's an intelligence increase, uh, muscular bone density. Everything kind of increases because they want you to be basically versatile within any type of war, as well as being able to um, kind of mend a wound within a very short period of time because they need you then, right mm -hmm. then and there. Um, for Luca. 
He also had a couple of different added bonuses. He had a type of a neuro trip that actually was implanted in the back of his brain that can actually connect him to some of his gear because it's kind of a AI technology that they can actually uh, kind of integrate together with to basically use the headgear, uh, which brings up the uh, HUD system. So they don't actually have a glass paneling up front that you can see out of. It's kind of cameras. And then the HUD system brings up these systems. So if he gets hit, ends up basically um, he can see the hit, if there's any type of fractures, if uh, there's a wound that ended up coming through. And it's one of those systems, as well as the corneal implants that also bring up HUD. So if he's just walking around, this is some type of a contact that's actually underneath his cornea that also brings up these HUD systems. So if he's in a situation where he's not actually in this heavy gear, he can continue to process and go through. If he needs to find targets, it shows up on his systems without an issue. It's like a giant hologram. <laughs> I was just I was just going to I was trying to f- wait for a, a space where I could interrupt you. So for the listeners, what Luca is talking about is like a hologram in front of your eyes, projected out out in front of your eyes. So it looks like it's in front of you, and not actually in your eyes. And it's like you see on some of those science fiction movies where you've got the people pointing at dots in the air but actually what they're seeing is this holographic image so that is what Luca is talking about correct a really good way of explaining it I had to look it up yesterday Iron Man Iron Man (laughs) it's a really good way to explain that is Iron Man because he's got that whole system that pops up when he puts his helmet on Oh, I have to have a look at that for myself now. Okay, so it's very, it's way beyond technology that the government acknowledges that exists 100 years in advance, probably, of what the general public knows about. Absolutely, and every once in a while, they start dropping little hints of different things that the military is going to be getting. Um, One of the biggest things was kind of an exoskeletal system. Um, That's something we've been using for quite a long time because that's that extra strength you might need for something that's a lot bigger than you. Right. So as one of these soldiers, you wear this exoskeleton system, you have a helmet, and I assume you have other bits and pieces you put on as well. Absolutely. Um, One of our first original uniforms that we had that we would actually do like more of a space type uh, battle front or even like another planet, especially something that you weren't going to have actual oxygen with, we would use, um, both of them were actually considered like our older one and our newer one was considered, we just called them heavy gear because it was actually very heavy. it was created with uh, a different AI technologies. Um, it was almost very resistant to you. You actually didn't even have to go to the bathroom in it. 
something within it actually allowed you, to, you didn't have to go to the restroom. So you didn't have to stop and be like, I have to pee. <laughs> wow. That could be very useful here for some of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that helped them out a lot because you don't have that time to stop to do that. So once you have right. this gear on, it worked really well. Our original one, the exoskeleton actually went inside the gear and it actually sat on our spinal column and it actually shot different little pieces out into your spine and uh, basically went into your brain. And that's kind of where the neuro chip had originally needed to be implanted so that it could connect with you that you can actually use your uniform the way that it needed to be. So if you needed that extra strength to punch or move something, you have that ability. Now we've actually gone to the point that we don't have anything that actually goes within our body. It's all within the suit now. So it's actually already advanced updated compared to what we're starting to see here in our military now. Well, of course, it would be. That goes without saying. It's like when they first brought out the plane, the the triangular-shaped plane, and people were seeing it, and they thought it was a UFO, but actually it was just this. Well, of course, there are triangular UFOs, but this one was a military uh, secret technology at that point in time, which soon became... Public. Yes, <laughs> the, the TR3D. Um, I'm just getting off the subject. So your suit, in effect, became an extension of your body. Yes. By connecting with your nervous system. Yes. So that would have made it very responsive to anything that you... Were you aware of the weight of it when you when you were wearing it, or did, did you just not become aware of that? Kind of when we were starting to... Put it on, you can definitely feel the weight of it. It was very heavy. Um, I always remember putting on the pants and you kind of really started feeling weighted down. You put the chest piece on, like it felt like your shoulders went like this. But once everything started aligning and coming together, you didn't really feel it anymore. It almost becomes a part of you. And that's, in a way, it's a good thing. And in another way, once you got hit by something, you really felt it. <laughs> wow. So that actually brings to mind image uh, that keeps coming into my mind is, uh, oh, what's that movie? Alien. Um, yeah. That Ripley character in that suit. Yeah. That's what I keep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that big uh, robotic suit. Yeah, almost, yeah. Uh, they did have type of things like that. Some of the, um, especially if you get into like the Kruger mercenaries, which is another SSP type faction, they actually had these huge suits, but they all connected within their bodies. And even in our suits that we had, if you got hit by one of those things, you were flying back. <laughs> Uh, when you say factions, what you mean is like uh, platoons? Is that the word? Platoons? Um, kind of like, so it would be like your Navy, your Air Force. Right, uh, right. That's, that would be like a faction, yes. Fa oh, gotcha. So how many factions are there um, that you're aware of? A lot that have been coming out so far have been Solar Warden. There's the Dark Fleet. 
Uh, there's Nachtwachten, which is the uh, German one. Um, but there are a lot more out there. there. There's hundreds and thousands. Some of these factions have thousands to millions of people actually working in them because you have that split ability where they can just take a person right. and put you in several different places. So you can have millions right. of people working for these. Uh, our own faction, Sector 24, was a very tiny faction that nobody really noticed we were there. <laughs> right. Well, so what did your faction do? What was your role in the Space Force? We ended up doing a lot of ground-based type of um, battles. We didn't do too many space ones. We were kind of, the best way of really describing us were misfits, really. Uh, they were just kind of putting us in the last little place they knew, probably right before they killed us. <laughs> and so far, we're oh. still going. Right. So kind of like uh, comparable in the in the U.S. Army. Marines, is it Marines that's the ground force? Uh, well, Marines, Army are definitely ground force. Uh, Navy's definitely, obviously, the ocean. Uh, Air Force, uh, they have more of the skies. Army does a lot of skies as well. So it, we kind of have our different little areas. Uh, we have definitely done some different space ones. We have been on different spaceships, uh, different planets, but most of the time we're usually on some form of a ground. Right. So the role of the secret space program, what is the role actually? Is it to support the aliens, the star people that the government made agreements with? Is it working for them? Because obviously it's not working for humanity. <laughs> I really don't know if I can really explain that one. I think just kind of in my own personal experience from just being in uh, the programs is there's definitely ones that really work with what you would actually consider the bad guys. There are ones that are kind of working neutrally. Uh, we're kind of the neutral section here. I don't think anybody's actually working for the good guys. Uh, we they actually have a, kind of a galactic black market. And right. where you are going to find a lot of your Kruger mercenaries because and there are a lot of cyborgs because they can take your soul and put you into a cyborg. And right. this is where you're going to get sold off. So I don't think anybody really is working for a good guy, really. No, no, definitely. You're definitely not. No. <laughs> not, not through your government, no. And that, which actually to me is really interesting that they are now allowing you all to speak out because if you weren't allowed to speak out if you weren't given permission on a level this would not be happening absolutely we actually had one that was killed um his name was max spears i'm not for certain what faction he was i never really got too much into that but he was killed. He had written a note to his mother stating if I was found dead, it was not suicide. Please investigate. Uh, 
he was actually, he had black goo in him. I'm not sure if he was a Kruger. He was actually um, vomiting the black goo. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember reading about that. So he was kind of one of those first that really started opening up, and it allowed for other people to start opening up. Maybe it's just one of those things you can't kill us all. Uh, Well, perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. So in your team, what is your specific role? In my team, I am the commander. I really can't tell you how I got that. (laughs) Um, I think it just had uh, my involvement with uh, the MKUltra because of who had ran the programming that had designed it with that specific area um, I had a connection with. Uh, So I think that's what led me to being the commander of my own team. Uh, but we are just abandoned misfits. We have three of them that actually just came off of the streets, and we had two that were actually in other types of uh, programs in the system. So we were coming from everywhere. Right. Very interesting. So part of the thing with the super soldiers is obviously they don't want soldiers that have compassion or with a finer emotional components of being a, a human or even some star people. Compassion, love, they want you to be brutal killing machines. Pretty much that's what you are. Yes. So I assume that the, in some way they suppress that aspect of yourself. Yes, Um I have noticed recently that pieces of that have been breaking apart. I've noticed that I'm asking questions. I'm not sure if I'm being punished for them, which I probably assume I have been. Um, Just asking questions of, are we the good guys? Are we the bad guys? Uh, And that could be just from the distance that we have from the original MK program that I had started. So now, maybe that conditioning is breaking, but the rest of the team is also starting to ask a lot of the same questions. You know, it's great that you guys are even thinking like that these days. You never would. No. Ten years ago, five years ago. No, not at all. It would be punished severely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also tend to feel that this is part of the reason why they're allowing you to speak out now. I... I hope so. As I said, we last night was fine, so hopefully, hopefully we're okay. Yeah. yeah, well, if they well, they would have come down on you oh, yeah. right away. With your team, as far as you know, you're still active in the service. Yes, we are active. Um, the memories come back constantly. Uh, it could be different war-type memories. Uh, we do a lot of kind of meetings in a conference room, kind of where we're getting everything set up, getting ready to go out. So I know it, it's definitely still active. Right. And you did mention yesterday that you are still waking up with bruises and cuts and stuff like that from time to time. Yes, I wake up with a lot of bruises. Um, I've had memories, obviously, of being shot, being stabbed, 
just a whole bunch of different horrible things that you wake up to and there's bruises on your body, uh, there's blood where there definitely should not be blood. <laughs> right. And one of the things that, about being one of these super soldiers is that your body has the ability to auto-heal. Yes. Yes. Which is pretty scary, actually. <laughs> My, mine doesn't get that ability, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yours, but not 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 your this aspect. No, but Luca aspect certainly. And one question that I have is: Are you guys ever used to escort abductees? I can't say we've ever done that. I don't think we've ever have. I know we've been in a large conference. We had actually went with our superiors basically as bodyguards to this giant conference in a big white room that had, like, everything just formed perfectly together in this beautiful big dorm of white light, basically. Um... We went as bodyguards, but I can't say I've ever done any type of abduction. Not so much abduction, more escorting people from one place to another. No. The reason I asked that is one time, and I don't work with you guys at all, but one time I recall when I was out doing my thing, I recall seeing some soldiers with some abductees. I know, I... I can't say we ever have. Right, yeah. there's so many of you that who knows. And it could just be the regular military as well. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily you guys. I don't even really know how to explain that. Like, you got your lower guys, and then you got the guys that build up, and next thing you know, they're doing that secret stuff. So definitely right. your own militaries, like your Navy, your Air Force, uh, any of that, they have their own secret little sections in there too. Right, and I do know that some of them are involved with the abduction yes. aspect of it. I do know that for sure. But I was just wondering if it was your side or just the regular. So obviously it's just the regular side. Do you, having these, all these memories and the physical aspects on your body how does this affect you how does this how do you cope in everyday life I know I call my podcast walking the shadowlands because as a experiencer it's like having one foot in this reality and one foot in a reality that most of humanity doesn't see doesn't understand and can't comprehend some can some can't you know, it's how do you cope? You know, one of the biggest things I noticed was my depression and anxiety was really bad. Oh, just lost your sound. Can you hear your me? Your sound's just gone completely. Really? Can't hear a word you're saying. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Oh. That was really interesting. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Oh, mind you, that's the first butchy thing we've had so far, yeah. so, and we're recording, so that's good. Um, my depression and anxiety has been crazy these last several years since this had all started. Um, you can get a flashback 
even not in your dreams. It could just be, you know, you're in the middle of work and bam, there it is. And eventually you just learn to, you know, sit there for a second, take it in and go back to work really is what goes on because there's no way of controlling it. So just cope with it. There's not much else you can do, right. Yeah, and you must honestly have PTSD from everything that you've experienced, not only the super soldier aspect, but the the breeder aspect and the MK Ultra Monarch aspect, knowing that you were a part of that. And generally speaking, this is intergenerational. So you were obviously groomed from a child possibly your family was involved as well in some way or another Uh, so it's pretty horrific to deal with it's more than the not to denigrate any form of abuse abuse is abuse regardless and it has its effects but for you who do you go to who can you talk to who will understand who will even believe you i don't really have anyone uh, which makes yeah. it extremely difficult. I've never, I've never spoken to my family about it at all. Um, I am married. I, I joke about it. I was be like, "Hey, another dream about Luca again," just to kind of get it out. But I don't right. have anybody that I can really talk to it about, and that I think that's one of those biggest things that really makes it an issue is because. This, you can't take it to a therapist. You don't know who's paid to yeah, right. basically be like, you're crazy. Here's a bunch of drugs. Right, exactly. Who can you trust? And it, it makes it difficult. Right. How does your partner deal with this? Does your partner believe you or do they just humor you, do you think? I have to say they humor me. Uh, one of the big things is I did explain to them that I had actually realized that they were on a ship a couple of times that I was taken. I've seen them there, but they don't remember either. But I don't know if it's because they're married to me. So they're like, oh, what about this one? Or if they were part of it beforehand too. Uh, do you think it's possible that your partner was brought into your life to keep you, without their knowing, obviously, to keep you? I, I have joked that they are a CIA agent. <laughs> right, right. Well, your handler could possibly, you know, you never know, do you? Absolutely. You never know. Like the Manchurian candidate, what his handler was his mum. Oh, God, it's been so I long think. since I've seen that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it was his mum. So. Was his hand, uh, offhand, um, but yeah, and usually there are people that are close to you. So, not to put a wedge in your relationship. <laughs> I meant to say that your partner could have been brought in to give you some, like, physical comfort, to give you some grounding here and now. Is more what I meant rather than as yeah. your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, to give you what every human needs. They do a pretty good job. (laughs) Yeah. It's great that you have that support. And even if they are only humoring you or going along with you, they do love you and they do support you. So that's all that matters. And honestly, how could somebody understand 
fully unless they go through it for themselves. And it's quite possible that that they were on the ship with you. It's quite possible that they were part of the program. And that's not an uncommon thing for your group to do is to bring people together like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So where do you think that oh this is do you feel that okay let's get on to a few other things <laughs> how do you guys travel you said you've been on ships is that your major form of traveling from place to place we actually uh originally when we first started we used tr3bs but lately we have we basically stole in a portal system uh so we are actually able to use a portal which is I guess the best way to describe it, kind of like a wormhole. And it's a large cylinder. The best way you can describe it is like uh, Stargate SG-1. But it has to be right. in a special room because it's got to have a lot of energy to start this up. And once you start it up, it's, it's not very simple to get it going because if you're going to a different dimension, a different galaxy, a different planet, you got to know all of those coordinates. It's not just an Earth based thing so once you get that all typed in you get this beautiful blue hue that pops up in the center of this and you go through it and next you know you're where you need to be and it's a lot quicker than the technology they originally had and i know a lot of other facilities actually use a portal system it just makes it a lot easier a lot quicker, right. And of course, like I mentioned yesterday, I asked my star people, you know, all this information in like the Star Trek, the science fiction movies, even some TV series like the X-Files, they had a running bit during one of their seasons about the Black Go. And one thing I've noticed with your team is that they always put it out in public they don't hide what they do but it's in your face but most people don't recognize it yes uh one of the biggest things you do is literally go into your movies your movies have so much disclosure within them uh most of your avenger movies your mcu movies have disclosure in them uh there's a movie with matt damon elysium that has disclosure like we've just discussed yesterday the matrix has disclosure in it there's so much in there that uh mentoring candidate obviously uh my partner and i yesterday were actually talking there's a movie with kurt russell called soldier that's another disclosure of mk ultra so they put it out there so that they can desensitize you to it so once it all comes full you're like oh that's right i've heard about that before exactly it's all part of uh, social manipulation and i really hate i really hate the social manipulation like they always advertise like what they're going to do like here in new zealand for example just with the COVID situation, they were talking last week sometime about bringing the, the vaccines in for children and, you know, how children are at risk, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go for pro or anti-vaccine, but I'm just talking about how, what they do. And then next thing, a week later, we have a child in Christchurch who's come down with COVID. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So it puts the fear out there, gets people scared. Oh my God, this child's got COVID. I better get my kid vaccinated. Or not, as the case may be. But it's how they manipulate us. And it's so obvious. When COVID first came out, I put in, in 2020, I put out, as we talked about, you so said, I put out a mini podcast episode called The End Game. It's only 20 minutes, and in the beginning, I talked about social manipulation and how this, how we're overtly socially manipulated, and like they use words like the new norm, and they repeat these phrases, repeat them, repeat them, so that people accept that this is the new norm, this is how it's going to be from now on, where actually it doesn't need to be in the least. But that's how they. There's actually a really good movie out. It's a really old movie. Now, what's it called? They or something like that, where this guy wears, puts his sunglasses on, and instead of all the busy business around him, on the signs it says, buy this, eat this, do this. Oh, you know? Yes. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it's they, they? they live or something. They live. Yeah. That's it. Yes, I yes. <laughs> and it's all about social manipulation and how humanity is manipulated, and that it, it is actually really well done uh, because it, we are. This planet is very, very tightly controlled. Humans only have the illusion of three thought, the illusion of freedom of choice. Actually, they don't. Everything is pretty tightly controlled here. I know we're talking a lot about movies and people can say, oh, well, you guys just got a, a rabid imagination. You're crazy. But actually, that's the MO. They put it all out there so people can see it. I would love for this to just be a rapid, random imagination type thing, but this is something that comes to us almost daily. You know, when you're waking up with injuries and things are happening, I wish it was just a movie. (laughs) Exactly. And why would you put yourself out there? Why would you expose yourself to potential ridicule and potentially harm for your family if this wasn't very real and I can validate a lot of what you said from my own knowing that my star people gave me way before I even heard of any of you guys or what you do like I've always known that your government made this pact with these group of beings who don't have humanity's best interests at heart but they the ones they made the pact with actually aren't the ones in control they're just minions they're just minions Uh, they think they think they're all that but actually they are not so it's very interesting that you've been allowed to speak out and I honestly I I feel very badly for you because this is not something you chose. This is something that's been forced on you and on your fellow team members. And it breaks my heart for you because it's not right. It's just not right. And I do feel this light at the tunnel for you, though, at the end of the tunnel for you. You guys have that option that we talked about off here. And... 
I feel really strongly that things are coming to a head throughout the world at the moment. The fear factor has been ramped up, ramped up, ramped up. And people are being encouraged to turn against each other, the vaxxed against the unvaxxed, family members against family members, because it stops people from questioning. It stops people from looking and seeing what's going on around them. When they're so caught up in these little bits, it's a divide and conquer. That's the first law of, of war, isn't it? Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer, Yes. <laughs> It's interesting times that we live in, Luca, and I, while I don't see things ending for you in the next a couple of weeks, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, actually, that brings up another point. Now, time, as we know it, here on this planet, does not exist outside of this reality. Can you talk a little bit about time and the things that are able to be done in your program, please. So in the SSP, we have what is called the 20 or 40 or 60 year and back. So what they can do with that is take you, it's almost like you're sleeping, and they basically will take your soul like they would take you from your original body and put you in this one. They'll take you, and they'll put you in a whole other timeline. You can do 20, 40, or 60 years, and then you can come back like you never went there at all. And there are time frames as well where you can age, you can just continue on on this timeline, and you can hit a certain age, say like, you know, 60, 65 years old, and they're like, you know what, we're going to continue to use you. And they'll age regress you back to your original age and start using you again. It's that whole point that they don't want to give you up because you're already programmed perfectly in the way that they want you. So they can do whatever they want. So if they want you to start over again, you start over. That's pretty horrific, actually, isn't it? It is. And it brings up slavery. It's slavery. But it brings up another aspect, not of the SSP, but of... Is this reality reality or is it a holographic reality? And how many timelines, what is real? It brings up the what is reality and are there alternate timelines that we live in and are there alternate worlds even that coexist alongside of this one? And that's exactly what it is because we're living here on this planet right here right now and then there's like a whole other dimension on top of us and they just kind of keep layering like a stack of pancakes and some of the earths are almost exactly like ours they might speak different languages they might have uh, countries with different names maybe different cities and then some of them are completely different altogether and it's just depends on the dimensions and if they're easy to get through when you have this technology like the portal system as i discussed earlier was right. you, know, you can put in a dimension in there and then still you're right there right and i remember telling you yesterday and it's something that i haven't mentioned before on my program many years ago my star people took me out 
I don't know where they took me. Well, they took me to these creator beings and these creator beings showed me how they formed universes and they call them universal plates. And like you were talking about, they're layered like stacks of pancakes and they seed these universes with life and they seed, they create the planets. And it was really interesting. And there was a connection that connected each universal layer, each of these universal plates. It was the most amazing experience and I've never, ever forgotten it. So I totally understand what you're saying. And the other the other thing that they showed me more recently, well, not more recently, um, but but more recently than the universal plates, is that this planet, this particular planet, this Earth is like an the core of an onion, and the dimensions are like the layers of the onion. I know that's such a really cool way to like really think about it too. Like we just spread out. <laughs> Yeah, and the membrane between the layers of the onion is the veil that separates each dimension. So it's very interesting that you, uh, of course, you would be aware of that, but that you guys utilize that. So that's very interesting. Now, lastly, let's get on to the star beings that you've seen. You mentioned that you've seen the greys in your earlier with the, the, the dimple and the predatory energy. What other star beings have you seen in your journeys? I've seen so many when the places that I already discussed with that large conference, um, mm. that was probably the place where we saw obviously the most beings coming together. There were a lot that you can definitely tell by the energy. They were human, just like us. Uh, there were some that were like hybrid type humans, and then there were ones that you just look at and you're like, what, I've never seen something like it before. It was absolutely amazing, and they were definitely all extremely intelligent beings. And then we get to, like when we go into battle, sadly, um, a lot of, how would you explain that, like kind of animal type beings. Um, that we would end up going about against. You know, there's like insectoid type ones that you definitely tell were kind of like bugs in some form of way that are much bigger than you are. Um, there are some that kind of look like animals here on Earth, but they're kind of mixed like three different type of animals at once. Um, one of the ones that I actually remembered was like it was a huge hippopotamus, but it had like an elephant seal face and it had a frog tongue. If you got caught in that tongue, you're going in it. Oh, wow. So you, you didn't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, and then they just completely changed. You know, we've seen reptilians. We've seen raptors, like actual dinosaur-type raptors. But they were so much more intelligent than what you would see, obviously, in, like, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Right. actually carried guns and uh, giant spiders. There, there's so many different types of beings out there that are intelligent mm. and actually far more intelligent than we are. Yeah, exactly. And vast different shapes and sizes, yeah. like you said. They're not all humanoid looking. 
of course, there are the ones that are human, humanoid in that they have a head, a trunk, two arms, two legs. Oh, some have more arms, but most have two arms, two legs, <laughs> a head, a torso, a neck, or, or not. And so they're humanoid looking. Then there are ones that look exactly like us that you can't tell the difference unless, like we discussed yesterday, unless you're sensitive to energy. And then you would notice that there was something off about the energy, something different that just didn't sit right. You wouldn't necessarily know what it was. You'd just know that there was something off. And the only way that you can tell them apart is their eyes. Some of them have eyes with pupils that are cat-shaped. Otherwise, but you wouldn't notice that, you know, just looking at them unless you, most people don't pay that much attention, to be honest. They're just too busy in every day. And then then there are others who aren't humanoid, like some reptilian species can disguise what they look like. So they appear human, but they're actually not. But yeah, I mean, I've encountered, I I recall when I was living in Auckland City, which is one of the major towns here in New Zealand, I was walking down the road one day and this woman walked past me, beautiful woman, tall, long, long dark hair, beautiful eyes, and she looked directly at me and smiled at me, and it wasn't until she walked past me, I thought, hang on, that's not a human. I turned around to grab her to talk to her, and she'd gone. Oh, wow. And there was no way she could have disappeared. I mean, there was a crowd there, but she was tall, taller than. Wow. So, yeah. And I was so gutted. But, you know, she knew that I wouldn't recognize her energy. That was why she looked at me and smiled. It was, you know, and, and, yeah, really interesting. So for you... Nothing would surprise you after what you say. Do you think that these super soul that your teams could ever be used against humanity? As much as I would love to say no, I definitely think it's highly possible. There have been several missions that we have done that I'm almost for certain were here on this earth. Right. And would that include going into Iraq and getting their Stargate technology there? Yeah, you caught me. (laughs) Um, Yes, um, I definitely believe so. A lot of it definitely looked um, Middle Eastern, very deserted, desert-type area. Speaking of the Middle East, I have been trying to track down some anybody who, any military, so for any of you listening out there who were involved in altercations with giants in the Middle East, do you know anything about that? I've definitely heard about it. I definitely think I would love to hear more about it. Um, I've obviously never come in contact with something yeah, like giants yeah. but that would definitely be fascinating yeah i've i've heard from a number of sources about and i think it was land military not you guys who encountered while they were in iraq or iran or somewhere in the middle east encountered giant beings who killed a number of the soldiers these cannibalistic beings if any of you out there who were involved in this are willing to talk to me. I'd be love to talk to you about it. I can keep you anonymous. I can alter your voice. But I think that would be really interesting. There's more out there, I guess, 
then people are, are are aware of and that's part of the reason why I started this podcast is to help educate people or at least to get them to question what their perception of reality is. Absolutely. There there's so much going on that even in what we are doing just alone, we don't even know. There's been yeah. so many times that we've come up on something going, wait a minute. <laughs> Right. So for you, do you feel like the work that you've been doing, the missions that your team has been doing, has that increased in number lately or is it decreased? Actually, it's decreased. Um, That's one of the biggest things I've noticed. It seems a lot in memories that there haven't been many battles lately, which I believe is a good thing. But it might not be a good thing in that era. <laughs> right. It's really interesting. I would like to round this off by being able to say, you know, where do you see yourself going in the future? But really, for you, there is no end to this at this point in time. No. Um, as we discussed yesterday, as far as I know, I'm supposed to finally leave this body, go fully in that one, and just be there. But that could be 20, 30, 40 years down the road. We wouldn't know. Right, exactly. And then, you know, again, it's that time thing. What is time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's just like, this limited human mind of mine just cannot get around this time thing. I really struggle. I've struggled with it all the time in this lifetime with my star people. When I ask them to give me times or frames, they cannot explain to me because they don't have concept of time like we do. They just say soon. soon. Yes, that is the worst word on the planet coming from higher beings as soon it's like what does that mean I hate it oh, soon 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 it was in 1985 yeah, exactly. but of course that could only be a couple of you know minutes out of here yeah yeah that's the thing once you you know once we get past this body formation it's just like that's all we ever existed Yeah, it's crazy. Luca, I'm really, truly grateful to you for coming back again today (laughs) to do this interview. And actually, perhaps it was a good thing because some other things came out that we hadn't talked about yesterday. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes these things happen for a reason. But do you have anything else that you might like to share, anything that we haven't covered before we close because normally I would say to people well where do you see yourself going from now and how can we contact you but I'm obviously for you I'm not going to do that oh goodness I think one of the biggest things is you know when you're going into information like this please use your own discretion Use your research. The internet is very vast. I know right now a lot of the governments are stating Uh, You're just a conspiracy theory doing that, theorist doing that, and no, there's so much information out there, just look it up. Some of the factions you can actually still find on the internet. 
Um, there are Facebook groups that actually have secret space program, legitimate people in it running them. Um, th there's so much out there. Don't be afraid to actually just go and look. It's good to get people to question. Just a point about conspiracy theories for my listeners, and I covered this in my End Game podcast episode at the beginning, is that conspiracy theory is a term that was coined by the CIA specifically to discredit three thinkers, people who questioned the norm, who questioned what information was being fed to them. And it was done to discredit them, to make them out as kooks. But do you know what? Here in New Zealand, at least, the difference between a conspiracy theorist and a fact these days seems to be about three to six months. <laughs> exactly. It's the same here. Yeah, about three to six months yeah. these days. Luca, thank you so much for your time. It's been a very, very interesting conversation and uh, a very frank and raw one on your part and painful at times. And I'm very grateful for you for being so brave as to come forward and share your experience with us and I know that what you've said will be triggering for a lot of people particularly for women who have been who are part of that same program and I've heard it time and time and time and time again so many times and for for Luca for you in, in that aspect, I cannot imagine what it must be like to not have that control over your own body, to be forced into something that wasn't your choice, but now you're there, you have to make the most of it. And that's exactly how it is. And for the women that are experiencing the Freedom Program, there are so many of us out there. Do not be afraid to talk about it. Uh, a lot of this, it may seem like extraterrestrials, and it usually starts off that way. Once you start seeing military people, start speaking out because it, it's happening so much that you need to talk about it. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you for your time. It's been a real honor to have you share your story and your experiences with my listeners so thank you very much for that thank you so much for having me i want to thank luca for coming forward and agreeing to share her experiences with us. This is the first time she's spoken publicly about them on such a public media. Whether or not you agree or even believe what she has to say, and it's always good to question everything you hear, read, see, and even experience these days. I feel you need to ask yourself, why would she lie about her experiences at the risk of exposing herself to possible ridicule from listeners and potential discipline from her military upline? Luke is not selling anything. She hasn't written a book, and I'm the first person she's spoken with in a public manner, sharing very painful and raw recollections. 
So what does Luca have to gain from this? She's not exposing her identity, so she's not after publicity, merely sharing her knowing and experiences. I think she's a very brave person to do so, and I really appreciate her speaking to me twice about this. As I said earlier in the episode, I can validate much of what she has said from my own personal knowing and what my star people have shared with me in the past. But of course, you, the listener, need to choose for yourself whether or not you accept her experiences. Only you can decide that. But even if this only causes you to question and do some research for yourself, then it will have been worth Luca sharing her knowing and her experiences with us because... Who knows where down the rabbit hole the red pool will take you. Today's bumper music was called Space Battle. If you enjoy this podcast and have considered becoming a sponsor, now's a great time to join. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now. As a patron, you get early access to the podcast episodes and a special members-only page on the podcast website that has bits that end up on the digital cutting board and little extras like full, raw, unedited video conversations with guests, EVPs caught during the conversations, and so much more. Also, you can download full written transcripts of each episode, and you get my absolute appreciation and gratitude, patreon.com forward slash mcc15, for just the cost of a cup of coffee a month. So you don't miss out on an episode, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms, including iHeartRadio and Pandora as well. Also, if you have Alexa, simply say these four words, Open Walking the Shadowlands, and Alexa will play our latest episode for you. Check out our Facebook page, Walking the Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed, at Shadowlands10 TikTok, under walking underscore the underscore Shadowlands. Like and follow for teasers of our upcoming episodes. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to the episodes from the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website, so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more, the merrier. Thanks for listening to this episode. Kakite ano oya koi. I'll see you again. Thanks for listening. 